Another episode of the Awful Service Podcast. This is the podcast that now has 50 different flavors of audio on tap, and we know them all by heart. But guess what? You're still going to order a Coors Light after we recite them. Yeah, it's that kind of podcast. Uh, it's me, Matt Doimo, with my co host, Nathan Smezrud. Uh, making us sound also oh pretty on the zeros, ones, twos, and fuck it, threes. It's me, Jalen Russell. Yes, you guys, you guys. Uh, we're making awful history yet again. I'm not no going to try. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this. Lay it on me. I'm just, you know, uh, this is the second time we've had a South Dakota resident on our podcast. You guys, <laughs> big history right there. Man. Okay. <laughs> it's too many. It is too too many. Yes. Too too many. Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a lot like the Sturgis rally this year. It's unnecessary, but we're still doing it. Uh, this guy uh, he hosts his own podcast uh, called The Art of Bombing, uh, which uh, Jalen has been on. Uh, and beyond that, uh, guess what, you guys? He has a dry bar comedy special coming up. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. You don't have uh, to whisper when you say that. You just say it. You got a shot it from the rooftops, man. It's a secret, even though he wants everyone to know it. (laughs) That humble brag. You say it softly. It's like a humble brag. Mm -hmm. I got a dry bar. It's nothing special. I mean, I can't swear or anything. It's just a dry bar special. (laughs) He's got to do that time clean. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. Uh, So he's going to get really dirty on this podcast so you can get all that out of him. Uh, We have the one, (laughs) the only... Dan Bullets Jr., everybody. Yay! Yeah! Welcome, Dan. Did did I pronounce it correctly this time, Dan? You did. You did. You did. Okay. I just want to make sure. I I also have a hard-to-pronounce last name. It's actually Smith. Uh, (laughs) Not a lot of Doctor Who fans get that joke. Um, This is the Awful Service Podcast, Dan. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. This is our podcast where we talk about customer service jobs uh, and the stories that happen uh, there within... Um, the first segment of the podcast, Dan, is one that we lovingly refer to as the resume. Oh. Show us your resume. Why should we hire you? Have you ever had a job right to open fire you? Tell us all about yourself and your place of business. Talk about your former jobs, filthy, shady politics. Show us your resume. The first segment of the podcast is where we get to talk to you about the jobs you've had, the stories you have with there. So uh, whenever you're ready, Dan, have that. You can start wherever you like. Wherever I like, man. I have been in, in and out of the service industry my entire life. My first job, I got like two weeks before my 14th birthday as a, a, a bus boy at a coffee shop, little diner. Yeah killing it killing it as the bus boy <laughs> were they that busy they needed a bus boy well yeah i mean it i i guess i mean that weekend they were because there was like a state basketball tournament in town oh 
And then uh, the sports bar boy, rushes. Yeah, those sports rushes. You got to be careful, man. They get you. But uh, <laughs> my mom was a server there, and the bus person, like, quit or didn't show up. So she just, like, they let her off to go find me because that was the time. <laughs> this is a time when there was not, like, cell phones, you know, and, like, you couldn't, you couldn't just call to text the cell phone. She had to physically come find me because I wasn't at home. <laughs> it wasn't a – it wasn't a big town either, so it was easy to find, but still. <laughs> Fair enough. And also loose child labor laws because it was before you were 14, but they're just That's like, right. That's close enough. Yep. I was not actually an official employee until my 14th birthday. You <laughs> <laughs> just kept was- rocking that cash under the table deal. Yep. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> Uh, and then and then they put me on the payroll and I was like, well, damn it. Now I'm not getting all my money. This, this taxes? What is this shit? 14-year-old. <laughs> like, what is this capital gains bullshit? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Why do I have to pay Social Security for those old people? What the capital gains? In the You're investing in the markets already? 14? <laughs> my God. Yeah, he was. He was a, he was a wise child. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get dumb until I became an adult. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, Nate. Jeez. Right? That that's exactly how it works. Yeah, and then uh, and then from there, I was, uh, and this is where a lot of stories come from. Like, I don't really remember a whole lot working there, other than you know it was just my first job, and it was mostly old people that come in on Saturday for coffee and breakfast or whatever. But then I used to work at Hardee's. Uh, oh, yes, fellow alum. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a supervisor at wow. Hardee's. That's how long I worked there. <laughs> and and uh, I got to ask this question. Have you or have you, have you ever done or are currently doing meth in any capacity? No capacity. See, that seemed to be a prerequisite for all the supervisors at my particular Hardee's. No, I was uh, I was uh, I was like a straight narrow kind of guy. <laughs> oh wow! I You're did one of those uh, fancy Hardies. Yeah, I was like Borderline I was there. Carl's Jr. Whoa, 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 whoa! Dang. Let's slow down on calling it fancy. <laughs> I was on the straight and narrow, but everybody else oh, is probably okay. on drugs. <laughs> You're just an outlier. <laughs> you were an anomaly. Uh, yeah, in the, exactly. Uh, the Hardies chain there. <laughs> The rest of the crew fits the description you're talking okay. about. <laughs> Everything okay. makes sense then. Because I was said outlier as well. Yeah. So it, it all works. Okay. There's got to be one of us. Yeah. I think they right? just, it was, that, was the, that was their minority hire. There you go. At the show. Yeah. You know, that was their, their diversity hire. They had to get, all right, we got to get one person who doesn't get spun. <laughs> We need at least one sober person to give the keys to. <laughs> we need one sober person in case we need to do a piss test. Okay. It's like, Dan, there's your job. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. Like that's the kind of place that like I quit so many times and like they would always take me back. Like I would yep. get pissed because I had like a lot of anger issues when I was younger, like very bad temper. And one of the managers or somebody would piss me off or somebody pissed me off and I'd throw my keys on the desk and be like, I fucking quit. And I walk out a couple days later, I come back begging for my job. And when I say beg, it was real loose. I mean, I would ask and they would just give it back. <laughs> 
Kind of like we just kept your seat warm down here. Here's your keys back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here you go, buddy. It's okay. It's your, okay. <laughs> your punishment is you're working fryer for one day. That's uh. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> this is the crazy thing. I think about this now, like where we are as a society, like with with uh, you know minimum wage and and income and that kind of thing, and. As a supervisor, and granted, this was like probably like 97, 96, 97, right in that ballpark. I made $6.20 an hour. And that, like, I couldn't imagine making that kind of money at any job now. It's been that tough for you. You couldn't imagine making that much money. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, I do comedy. Funny. I do comedy now. So of course. <laughs> I mean, Shit, I'm lucky if I get a beer ticket. <laughs> the televised version of this show cut to one week later, Dan walking back into that same Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm back. The good news, the the the, the good news though, now it, it's closed and it's the visitor center for Huron, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a solid building and it still smells like biscuits, so seems like a good place to have to be a visitor bureau. <laughs> did, did you work at Hardee's when they had fried chicken? Yes. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, oh yeah. We've talked about that on the show and that that weird anomaly of like them just going you know what sounds like a good idea we're a burger place and we're we, we have these 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 burger bombs that are you know 1500 calories you know what we really need buckets of fried chicken <laughs> fried chicken mashed potatoes yeah you know that was you, you want to hear stories about working in the the service industry and i've got one that didn't happen to me that was more customer service related but on the other sure. end what like training people because that was like one of my main jobs like mm -hmm. in hardy's i became one of their certified trainers and so like i was trained in like all the different departments if you will and i would have to train people or whatever but like training people to clean the fryers and it was not that hard to do but kids are dumb and i know because <laughs> i was one of the dumb kids but they would constantly when we have to like clean the fryers like to clean a fryer you know isn't just like taking a little net and scooping out the shit out of the the oil you know you have to like drain it and mm -hmm. then you'd like it we had like this big i don't know it was like a big tub that it would drain to and it had a hose and you could shoot the oil back into it to try to clean it or whatever well the thing about cleaning these fryers is you have to shut them off because if you don't, they will burst into fire. And I tried so many times to tell these people, you need to hit the power button first. Shut this off. And I don't remember the kid's name, but I just remember one time I, I was in the office. You know, it was a closing shift. So I was in the office counting down the tills. And I just heard an, oh, shit. And I, like, come out of the office, and right around the corner is where the chicken fryer was. 
just shooting flames into the hoods <laughs> and everywhere. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is definitely not good. And so I had to run and grab a fire extinguisher and put out this fire. Mm. And uh, needless You're to say, hero, like, Dan. well, yeah, but then after that, you couldn't use the fryer because you really had to do a super cleaning because that, uh, you know, the stuff that's in a, an, in a, a fire uh spray it's yeah it's it takes some cleaning to get it out of there it's like that white it's like a white white foam yeah yeah Uh, it makes a pretty big mess i can't tell you how many places i've worked that where even after turning off the fryer the people are just like they're trying to because they have to empty it into a bin you know Mm -hmm. and they'll go and they'll put it in a plastic bucket Oh still hot fryer oil. Yep. Oh, man. It's happened to me at four different jobs where somebody just decided they, they're just like, oh, this will work. Yeah. This is a this will this will collect said grease. Well, and it would if it, the grease was cold. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, yeah, I can't. And like the thing is, is like the third time it happens, you just recognize the smell before you because you can smell that melting the mix of oil and melting plastic. Mm-hmm. together yeah oh yeah it just burns the nostrils <laughs> we had uh one of the cooks i think his name was john he was notorious for like stuff starting on fire when he was like <laughs> cleaning out the like i remember one time like and i don't know why they like chose the times they did for like certain cleaning you know but like you would have our we would have our lunch rush and lunch was typically like you know, 11 to two would be our, our, our lunch rush. And like towards the end of that, they would have it to where you would shut one of the fry fryers down to clean. And so we're still in the middle of a, a a lunch rush, but he's trying to clean this fryer out or whatever. All of a sudden you just flames coming out of it. You know, it's like the middle of lunch putting out fires. I thought we'd get the grill marks, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> We're professionals here. <laughs> Looks like that Frisco burger got away from him back there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Items, Frisco burger. What yeah. up? Oh, I love the Frisco burger. That, that's the one that's on the sourdough bread, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, delicious. Yep. That's what really made me fat working there because as a supervisor, while I worked, I got free food. Oh my God. I ate way too much Hardee's when I was in my early (laughs) twenties. All the chili cheeseburgers, man. Well, they didn't have have chili cheeseburgers when I worked there. Uh, You know, I will say this Hardee's breakfast gets slept on a lot. No, it does. It's uh, to me, way it's the best breakfast their biscuit sandwiches are way better than uh, than uh the golden arches or anywhere really i think they have because they make them by scratch are you for real i thought those aren't like those aren't a pre-baked no no i mean no they uh, like a heart is typically like our we would open at like six but we would have to be there if you were the opening shift. You had to be there at like four in the morning because yep. you had to let the you had to let the bakers in to do the baking and stuff because it's all cooked fresh in the morning. So like just just the just the biscuits or like this is 
This is fascinating to me. I'm sorry. Well, the biscuits are all cooked fresh. If you order something with an actual cracked egg on it, that, then that was made fresh. Uh, but uh, the only discrepancy with any of the, the breakfast items is they used liquid eggs for yeah. their egg sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Most of them yeah. did. Liquid eggs. And then, because even like the cinnamon rolls and stuff were typically baked. I do remember because they, the, the they would do biscuits. Yeah, they would because they would do. Uh, but I think those came like as frozen dough, but they were still baked. In house that morning, yeah. Yeah, in house that morning, yeah. So like when the you you would open up and the baker would first get the regular biscuits going. They would get a couple batches of them, so we had them for for the breakfast. Then they would do a batch of you know cinnamon rolls and cinnamon biscuits, and then go back and forth as needed. And I'm just hungry. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm serious. I'm gonna go parties get parties for breakfast, breakfast tomorrow. Like seriously, I'm just f- fuck it. Why not? Um, no, that's awesome. That's that's just good to know. But so we, we we talked about the chicken though, like that thing. Like how did how 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 much did that f up like a lunch rush to have to make like? Because didn't you guys try to like try to you try to not have too much chicken ready to go right? Like it was supposed well, to like the whole thing. for lunch. I mean, we would have a bunch ready. I mean, mm-hmm. we would do because they usually they would come in bags of like 16 pieces typically. So it would be like two legs, two wings, two breasts, two thighs, so on and so forth. And so, and I, if I think you could cook like two bags worth, like in one fryer at a time or whatever. So you could do like 32 pieces at a time or whatever. And so a lot of times, you know, you do a lot of prep work. So we would have some chicken ready. So, and then when you get down to a certain amount, you would throw some more in. Cause it, cause that's the thing. Cause that takes a while to cook. It's like 15 minutes. So if we did run out, people had to wait if they wanted their chicken. Oh, and I'm sure that that caused some stress. Oh yeah. People, people, you know, they get upset if they don't get their fried chicken. Especially on a Sunday afternoon, man, after church. Woo. Yep. Oh, <laughs> can't be stopping people from their chicken. <laughs> So did you have to work? You probably had to work the drive-through there as well, right? Mm-hmm. God, I, I I've only had one drive-through job, and I, I I that was a horror story. But I, I have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, especially because that you know now a lot of drive-throughs even now they're kind of shitty with you know being able to communicate, but they're a lot better than they were. Like it was super hard to understand. I just want Frisco burger. It would, and a lot of those would turn into. Can you just please pull forward? <laughs> can I get one of those chili cheeseburgers? Uh, we don't have those, sir. I think you got us confused with uh, another fast food place. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, can't you just go get some chili for us? <laughs> There's a Casey's. They got, I got some Hormels there, probably, huh? <laughs> Yeah. I tell you what, like that was for me, like working there, it was, it was interesting uh, because I got to work with interesting people, but you get to see like the, the customer service side of things, like some interesting things happen on that side. It was, and, and people will try anything to get a discount or get something free. Ooh, do like, tell. 
Oh, yeah. So, and now I just happened to be there when it happened, but I wasn't on duty. I was one of those labos that hung out at my job when I was off duty because <laughs> all my parties in your off time. Yeah. Because my friends worked there. So, like, they'd be working. And I'd be like, well, they're working. So, I'm going to go hang out at Hardy's. <laughs> hey, who's that guy in the ball pit? Oh, that's just Dan. He works here. <laughs> He's off duty. He's harmless. Don't worry about him. <laughs> It's like I just like to take a dip in the ball pit on my days off, man. It's it's one of the fringe benefits. I get access to it. the ball pit. Getting <laughs> all those loose socks that he finds. I wish we would have had a ball pit. That would have made my job even that much more exciting. Our so is pretty the scam- So you're the scammers, though. Yeah, so like... I remember my friend Jeremy, he was another supervisor and he was closing. And so, and this, this is probably around like nine o'clock at night. And I was just hanging out there with him. It was a slow night. And this guy came in and wanted his money back for these two roast beef sandwiches that he bought. Now, here's the thing I worked earlier in that, in the day, and I remembered him coming in during the day and buying these sandwiches so like i already knew i'm like wait a minute he was in here earlier like during lunch it's almost closing time now but he gets all mad and he's drunk too that's another thing this guy's really drunk so he comes in he like slams his bag down on the counter and my my friend's like um is there can i help you with something he said yeah i bought these roast beef sandwiches here just a little while ago and they're already rotten i try to feed my kid this and and he almost got sick and you guys need to do something about it i want my money back you know got all angry my friend trying to be the professional that he is you know he's trying to keep us calm and be nice and say well let me see what you know what what do you want us to do blah 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 and I'm over here just watching this, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I would not put up with this dude. Like, as soon as he started getting aggressive towards me, I'd have been like, you've got to leave. You need to get the hell out of here. That's all there is to it. Well, then he gets so mad because my friend's still trying to talk to him. He, like, takes the sandwiches out of the bag and throws it at my friend. He just, like, throws it at him. And finally, I finally I did jump in. I'm like, hey, man. You got to go. I was here <laughs> earlier. I sold these sandwiches to you at 11. They're rotten because you let them sit in your car all day, and you're just trying to be a dickhead now. So get out of here. And then we made him leave. But it was just crazy because people would try this all the time, like anything to get like a free freaking Frisco burger. <laughs> I just I, – I love I, – that's one of my favorite things – uh, we had a recently at, at at my job. We had a complaint where this lady would call. She calls in. She tries it all the time, where she goes, "Oh well, I ordered the cheeseburger basket, and the cheeseburgers were cold." Every time she tries to pull this, yep. like this, the same, the same thing, because she she'll call different times of the day, and then she'll try it again because she knows a couple of the managers are are wise to it, but she doesn't realize that all the managers talk to each other. Um, yep. We don't have a cheeseburger basket at at my job <laughs> at all. 
And then I suppose it changes to, oh, I meant this. Well, I meant it was this. And then she's like, and then like, okay, well, do you ever? And then my, fa- my favorite response is they always go, well, do you have a receipt? We always give receipts out for it. And then there's like, and then just click. As <laughs> soon as you ask if you have a receipt, she just hangs yep. up. And then we'll try again, like 10 minutes later. Or she'll try again, like two hours later, hoping a different manager is on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every yeah. single time, you know, and I mean, I've heard everything. I, I, my favorite, another one years ago, I worked at a place and they pulled a hair out of a piece of pie or out of a piece of pie, mm-hmm. quotation marks. And it was a long red hair. There's no redheads that worked at my job. Oh, Jesus. And I don't mean like in general, like, I mean, like none of the cooks. None of the front of house staff, yep. and it was a. Was it we a made our policy? Uh, we didn't hire gingers. <laughs> yes, no, it wasn't. Well, Jalen, it was a soul food restaurant, so of course that was a policy. Okay, that you know I don't, what? I don't, I don't get, get it. it. Africans have red hair too, but gingers don't have a soul. That's the joke, Jalen. Oh. Anyway, we're back to Dan. Uh, there we go. I was okay. thinking about literal self. I thought you were going uh, racial with that one. No, yeah. no, I was just yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was was going, a good I, misdirect. I was, I, was, I was going anti-ginger on that. That's that's where I was going. But that's for our for our fives of ginger listeners out there. I do apologize. Uh, so Dan, you you worked at the Hardys. Do you have any other any other like stories that stick out from working there? I'm trying to think, like. I mean, we used to do stupid things in the back. Like, I mean, we didn't like do like, you know, like you see videos of people doing shitty things to food and stuff. We wouldn't do things like that when, because that's just like gross. But what we would do is if, if like a meat patty fell on the floor, you know, and it was late at night, we would turn it into a hockey puck. Like there were times we were like, we're like playing hockey in the back with brooms and stuff like that. We used to take the leftover dough. That was another fun thing to do, to take the leftover dough and use it to throw at each other. We would go out in the back parking lot. Like when we were taking uh, garbage out and stuff, we would throw the dough at each other. And I remember one time the night cook was, uh, he was coming back in from taking out the trash. It was in the winter, so it was really cold. So he's like bolting to the door. And I took a big old thing of the dough and I just like chucked it at him and I hit him so good. It like rolled him. He like come ended up falling and damn near crashing into the door. But we would just do, you know, hijinks like that. Just stupid oh, yeah. stuff. Got to keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep it interesting. Plus you're only Absolutely. getting paid 625 an hour as a supervisor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the fringe benefits, dough chucking contest and playing hockey. You know, the worst part about that is I was I was actually the acting assistant manager at that time because we didn't have an assistant manager. And I should have got the job, but they kept like basically putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, trying to fill the position. So I was just the acting the acting uh, assistant manager. And I got paid diddly squat. It was pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you had the title, Dan. That's right. Supervisor Hardy's. 
Looks good. The ladies, <laughs> it does. Chicks and chicks dig a supervisor. <laughs> they like a man in a uniform, just you know, That's usually right. not one that has your name on it. <laughs> Girl, I can get you biscuits anytime you want. Hey, baby, yeah. you want a Frisco burger? Don't worry, it's only a... been sitting for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a different uniform as a manager? I did. Uh, I wore, I got, I, as a, as a manager in management, I had to wear like a button up shirt and a tie. So like, yeah, I would have a tie. A tie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love In fast love food, that. right? Yeah. In fast food, you know? Yeah, but yeah. No, but that's, that was always, doesn't matter where you work. You know, the guy in the tie was definitely like, oh, that guy. That's <laughs> the one you, you, a that's millionaire? One you talk to. You're wearing a shirt and a that, tie. That guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> There you, you have cool it. There you have on. it. <laughs> oh, it's, a, man. it's a medical alert bracelet, Jalen. <laughs> but it's still a bracelet, all right? Yeah, it's a cool bracelet. From a distance, it looks cool. <laughs> My insurance pays for this. Didn't cost me a dime. <laughs> How do you think I can afford all these Frisco burgers. <laughs> and I could tell the paramedic I'm allergic to penicillin. <laughs> so where did you go after Hardee's? After Hardee's, I went into, uh, I went more into like manufacturing type jobs. So it wasn't more like service industry. And I did that for quite a while. And then I did, I did uh, logistics and things like that. But then I owned a comic book shop. And that brings in some interesting people. Oh, oh I'm sure. Interesting, interesting, uh, interesting <laughs> things happened at the comic book shop. Let's just say that. It was. Uh, Is it Fight Club, and you're not allowed to talk about? It? <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about it because this some of the stuff was hilarious. Oh, I have to. I you have know, to like know. some of the some of the customers that would come in. Uh, there was this one guy that would come in and uh, probably ain't going to listen to this. So that's all right. Uh, anyway, like and the whole town called him spin. And when I think about it, your, was he one of your methed out employees from Hardee's or no, 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 no. <laughs> Surprisingly not. He had a little bit of a disability in the fact that the, the rumor had it. I don't know how, you know, all the details, but there was a rumor that when he was a kid, he got shot in the head with a BB gun and it messed him up a little bit. So he was a little, little out there, but he was really, really nice for the most part, but you would get trapped talking to him. Once you started talking to him, you were screwed. Like you, like a black hole. You just get sucked in. Yes, and he liked talking about like action figures and Tetris. He loved playing Tetris and he loved talking about Tetris and he loved like talking about how he could beat you at Tetris if you came over to his house and <laughs> played Tetris with him. Like it was a little little weird at times. But hey spin, you need to you need to quit bragging over here. You're making the rest of us look bad. Like let 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 us get some of the pussy butter, right? Yeah. <laughs> we were so terrible though that we we turned uh, we had this game we played called uh we called it being spun. Uh and what we would do is if we were engaged in a conversation with spin, 
we would pull somebody else into the conversation and then leave. Uh-huh. So we would get them stuck, Perfect. and then that was our our scapegoat. <laughs> so the way the way that game works, I have to, how many employees were working at one time usually? Well, I mean, we didn't just have the employees that were working. We had oh, like so people have, hung regulars. out. So you yeah, we had yeah too. we had regulars that hung out all the time. You also try to get the, the regulars in on the game too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So like, my, and my, some of my best record? friends. For for spinning, yeah. How, oh how man, many, how, how many people did we, did you pass spin off on? It was more. The contest was more about. Uh, it wasn't about passing it off as many times. It was getting somebody stuck for a long time. Okay. Uh, and it was always you could always the person that didn't know what was going on was the one that would get stuck the longest because mm-hmm. they they would have no idea that what was happening. And that was always the best. So, like, if you could get somebody that had no clue what was going on and then they just, like, stuck in this conversation, it was always fun to watch. Because then when they finally got out of it, you could just see that they were so drained from what happened. And then you could let them in on it. What It was more competitive with the people who knew what the game was because then we were always, <laughs> you know, trying, trying to, to pa- get each trying other to pass into them off. it. Yeah. yeah. But we knew better. We are like, ah, no. No, I'm, well, you know I'm, who really liked X Men: The Animated Series was Dan. Dan, you you remember that scene? You know where Wolverine and Cyclops where they're going to fight over Jean Grey. You remember that scene, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I got to go do inventory though. Yep you you would have been a good player. <laughs> That's exactly how you would how you would do the the spin. <laughs> nice. Uh, another time that was really funny and. Some of the stuff I didn't get, I wasn't there when it happened, but it was just funny because we had like funny people that hung out and they all had like good senses of humor. Mm-hmm. And we just had like some of the craziest people. But I had a guy that worked for me. His name was Jason Sanima, and he's just a sweetheart, super funny all the time, just big, lovable guy. But he's always like up to hijinks and playing pranks and things like that. And then we had another guy named Eric that would come in and another friend joe they would come in they would go get lunch and then they would come have their lunch at the shop and one day the ups guy had come in but i don't know how they started doing this but for whatever reason eric and and sanima got into a debate about penis sizes and he convinced eric to like for whatever reason to pull it out and measure his penis and as he's measuring his penis, the UPS guy walks in. Now, the UPS guy already thinks the shop is weird because of the people that are there. Like, you yeah. can tell, like, he's a super, like, you know, like, uh, definitely a, a alpha male working out kind of guy. Like, he's awkward coming into this place. Plus, that one he, time you got him to talk to Spin. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have another story about Spin, too couple he comes up a lot actually but then uh, the ups guy walks in and then my eric like quit you know puts it there and starts walking away and the ups guy goes yeah that's right just walk away like nothing happened (laughs) 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 just like yeah we're we're, we this happened we're going to address it (laughs) but 
Yeah. There was another time one of my employees actually had to go to uh, court because of spin. Uh, there was a store next door to us, and apparently he flashed the owner. And my coworker was working that day. And Wait, Spin he, flashed the owner? Yes, Splin, uh, Spin flashed the owner of this other business that was next door to us. Okay. And, and I guess, so my, my, my friend Lance, who was my, my employee at the time, was working. All he sees is Spin go running down the street and then this lady chasing him. And he comes out and, you know, she explains what happens or whatever. Well, then he got subpoenaed as a witness to go to court because, you know, she pressed charges for whatever. And the funniest thing, he uh, basically he was saying that he didn't expose himself. He just lifted up his shirt and it was his belly button. That was his that was what Spin was claiming. And Lance said it was the funniest thing because the lawyer questioning her and he goes are you sure that it was a penis that you saw and the lady's like i'm a 40 year old woman i know the difference between a penis and a belly button (laughs) (laughs) otherwise that's a hell of an audi right (laughs) got some got some hang on that (laughs) not not all the umbilical cord went away there i mean Doctor yeah. trimmed it a little long. <laughs> That's actually why they call him Spin because when he would make his stomach move, it was oh like god, a, a, a helicopter. Oh, oh. <laughs> there was another time he came in, and I don't remember. I don't know what he did, but he like spit on my co-owner, and then of course he got eighty six from the the place. But I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, he just like spit on him and. He was like out, and we had by this time we had already had some issues with him doing stuff around the, you know, just being him or whatever. But then there was another guy punched a twelve-year-old kid over a magic game because the kid was being obnoxious, right. and the kid was being obnoxious and doing mama your mama jokes to him <laughs> at a magic tournament. That's like epic. Kid, it is. It was pretty epic. I mean, at the time, it was not cool, but it was kind of. In hindsight, it was funny, and even the kid that got hit, I'm still, I still know him today, and we, we, you know, it's come up and j- been joked about. But the kid, yeah, he just like freaking whip reached out and just like punched this kid, like right in the arm, and we're like, what the? Why would you do that? You know, like it's a kid. Doesn't matter what he says to you. Why would you punch a kid over a magic game? That's how terrible it was. And I don't know if you've ever been locked into a heated magic game, but I <laughs> I get it. Oh yeah, I I've, I've been there. I <laughs> I've definitely wanted to hit a kid before. <laughs> so you understand. <laughs> I definitely understand, but as the owner of the business, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even need magic to understand wanting to hit a child. I get that. I get, you just you don't, but you're allowed to yeah. want to. I, that's I think that's natural, especially during a magic game. Totally. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny too because he was always the kid was always really obnoxious. He was so funny in the sense that he would purposely antagonize people. Like they get be getting ready to do, uh, you know, they they would start playing and he would do something and he would just be like, "Eat it!" Like he would just. <laughs> 
Hell totally yeah. antagonize people. <laughs> See, we're, so he we're, probably had it coming, but <laughs> he was still 12. <laughs> it's just good old-fashioned talking shit, man. <laughs> exactly. It's part yeah, of the, part of the game. Age, you know? <laughs> that was weird. He got up on a chair and just did the whole suck it motion. But you know, you know what? He was 12. You're, you know, you're allowed to... <laughs> Right, allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> exactly, especially uh, at that age. Right, I think that's expected at age twelve. Exactly. Yeah, that was a that was a fun time, though. You know, oh, the comic book store. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I, I that's where like a lot of the people that I'm friends with now, mm-hmm. I met because of that store. You know? yeah. So it like it stemmed like long lasting friendships so that was cool let let let, let, let's cause some controversy on the podcast dc or marvel i'm more of an independent guy i was just gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) nice nice answer dan (laughs) fan of image yeah you you made some dark horse you know Uh, actually i'm a big dark horse comic fan thank you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm all about all the independence. I like uh, McFarlane after he left the DC universe. Exactly. Millar really no. sold out. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't Actually, know comic book writers like paychecks. I if I had to like like I'm more of a DC guy than I am Marvel, but I as far as like because I still read comics now, but I am more of a I've always been more into independent because. I don't like a lot of the mainstream comics because when they do a giant story arc and it, this is DC or Marvel, doesn't matter when they have a giant story arc, every comic they have gets involved in the story arc yep. and to fully get the story arc. You need every freaking issue of everything during that time. And it's so annoying. Cause it's like, if I want to just read Batman, I just want to read Batman. I don't want to, have to go read you know superman to get this story of this this arc or whatever you know you have to like jump around i always i always jump on board for the first few months after uh like they do a reboot Mm -hmm. and because all the all the stories that all the comics have to reestablish in themselves as yep. just singular storylines. And so that's when I'll pick up comics again and start reading it. And, and then as soon as it goes into the 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 cross-comic story arcs, I'm like, done. I'll wait until they reboot again. Then I'll buy Yep. Yep. Yeah. And as Wake a, me and, up when the trade comes out and I'll catch up. Yeah, exactly. Trades are the best. You say that as a comic book reader. However, when you owned a comic book store when they're like, oh, well, you have to buy every issue of all the comics. You're like, ching. Like, you had to mm. be like, you know. Oh, Not I'm necessarily sorry, because. They're having a crisis I mean, on infinite earths. I need, I'm need. i going to make some money on some Green Lantern books that aren't selling. No, not really. I mean, it. Uh, you had your hardcore fans. There was, the, there was like hardcore DC fans that would buy everything or people that were really into the stories that would. But mm. it, those weren't big, like for making the comics like sell having everything you know it was a good ploy and a good try on their part but a lot the of hardcore people, guys are buying those books already anyway yeah exactly True. you're yeah. not going to get any new customers mm-hmm. because that's that was always the big is big um 
big hurdle to entry into comic books is like you if you want to start reading comic books is like well where do i start because i i'm I'm a fan i watch the movies i'm a fan of these couple characters okay so they have their own books but they connect with 16 other ones Mm -hmm. and they're halfway through the story arcs already on the current issues good luck finding back issues and then where do i even start yeah yeah Yeah. it can be very overwhelming you guys don't own the Amazing Spider-Man number one through ten. Uh, I wish. Yeah. If I if I had millions of dollars to spend on that stuff, maybe. Fair enough. <laughs> so, what was but, the average clientele for your comic book store? Like, what did they like? You got You have to describe what the average comic book. Well, average comic book was, uh, you know. Uh, uh, what you're looking at right here (laughs) (laughs) this is the average demographic in a midwestern comic book shop you know white devilish devilishly (laughs) handsome yeah 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 definitely definitely gets all the ladies and that's why he feels confident enough to come into a comic book shop because he knows it's not going to hurt his hurt his action (laughs) so someone who definitely so someone who fucks and has painted warhammer figurines got it yes exactly that's that's what ladies like they like them painted warhammer figures let me tell you and if you paint them yourself oh oh, jeez just panty dropping everywhere but yeah i mean me this what is kind of acrylic you they need. especially like it when they want to get a closer look and then you freak out of them and say don't touch it <laughs> yeah don't remove you get all angry and you're like turn i have no idea how much i spent on that yeah <laughs> works every time i worked for days painting that do not touch it <laughs> Do you know how many stores I had to stop into to get that figurine? Yeah. Yep. Hard to find, okay? Don't touch it, all right? I'm sorry. It's a rare import from Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but the demographic that you're picturing in your head, it's pretty accurate. I mean, the, the difference is, is that, like, you would have some people that, especially, like, socially awkward people, the, they were extremely socially awkward. And then there's people that way less socially awkward people. You wouldn't necessarily expect that would be into that kind of stuff. You know, like I have a friend of mine, Joe, when he, he used to drive by the comic book shop quite a bit. Like we would go out for cigarettes and stuff and be standing in front of the shop. And this guy kept like driving by and we see him around and then he started coming into the store and he, he just wasn't what we thought was our clientele because he was very big, bulky man, very jockey, wearing, wearing sports shirts and, you know, sports shorts and things like that. Definitely didn't feel like he should be in the shop. And he was basically, he was a huge nerd. That's exactly where he, he belonged. <laughs> <laughs> but even he wasn't confident about being in there. Like, he felt weird about it. Because, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, when I had my shop, it, 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 being a nerd now or being nerdy or geeky, it's, it's socially acceptable now. In fact, people with, you know, social media and everything, it's cool. You know, people it's cool to be a nerd. Everybody wants to be a nerd. Everybody wants to admit that they're into something nerdy. 
Well, yeah, when we had our shop, Smith. yeah, right, exactly. Uh, that transition was just kind of happening. It wasn't fully there yet. So people weren't, you know, it was still a very niche clientele and it was very, you know, like people didn't want to necessarily go hang out in the shop or be seen going in there yet because they weren't, they weren't ready to come out to people and be like, I'm a nerd. <laughs> just sitting them down like, Hey mom and dad, we need to talk. <laughs> something we need to talk about it's there's something there's something about me that you don't know but i think you, you might have known but matt we know You're a nerd. <laughs> i mean i don't i don't try to hide it jesus christ known <laughs> for years no i mean i just you kidding like you look at you look at my movie and book selection alone and i even in my library right now i have some I have some uh, uh, some unique punishers that I'm pretty happy about, but that's about it. Yeah, that's that's where my I, I do. So truth be told, uh, I, I I called it uh, I jokingly called it my retirement plan for a while. My 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 best comic that I own, like in terms of like uniqueness and 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 worth, and it's not worth that much. I've I've looked it up recently. Is I have a original press original copy of Aliens versus Predator Dark Horse 1989. Oh, okay. Yep. I think it's eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Yeah, I have the original. It's like a couple hundred bucks, but like, yeah, or, or the, its height, I think, is worth. It. I think now it's like probably less than a hundred. Yeah. Well, see, and now where I'm at with comic books, like, I don't even—I'm not like a big collector as far as you know. I buy comics, but I buy the stuff that I'm reading. Yeah. You know, so that's what I collect. Like, I don't go out of my way to try to get limited edition covers and things that are worth money i'm not like trying to have this huge collection you know for value wise to be fair i did pick that i did pick that uh, comic book up at a garage sale for 10 cents nice nice no that's a great but see i wouldn't have i wouldn't have did something like that is all as unless like i wouldn't have bought it knowing it was worth money you know what i mean uh, like that's what i'm saying like I've gotten out of the the value side of comics where I know the prices and I know what's what and well, what's worth money, what isn't dive, it? Hasn't it? Like the value on a lot of that stuff is kind of well, you know, yeah. Unless it's super old, because the thing is with comics, it's so they're so overproduced. I mean, that started yeah. in the early early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, and into the two thousands. Everything was overproduced. I mean, that's why when you walk in, you could walk, you could take a day. And you could go to five different comic book shops and you could go look through all five of those comic book shops back issues and a bulk of them are going to be the same because it's so overproduced. They're everywhere. So how pissed, since you're, you're, you're a comic book, uh, you're a comic book guy, so to speak, how pissed are you now that like that it, it is in vogue? It's in vogue to be into comics. Like like 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was not. You like you didn't like you. You like comic books? Like what the hell? Yeah. And now you yeah. have like, you know, like hot chicks wearing t hot women wearing t-shirts that say, talk nerdy to me and like all that shit. And like, you know, you see all these cosplay like, models. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Cosplay. We use that loosely. <laughs> Dan, if you want to admit that you're going on Pornhub, you don't have to lie on this podcast. Oh, I wouldn't I lie about it. Who sure. doesn't go on Pornhub? 
Don't you have an OnlyFans? Come on, get with it. No, 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 no. You just have to remember, Matt has a lot of sexual hang-ups, and he gets very uncomfortable talking. I'm a a good Midwestern boy. That's right. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm a terrible He still thinks looking at porn's taboo. (laughs) (laughs) I still masturbate to the Sears catalog like a good Christian. That's right. See, I was the bad boy that was stealing his dad's Playboys. You're Found not allowed that to look collection at those. and you're not allowed to look at those until you've been married for 20 years that's what i've been doing. <laughs> and it's funny together <laughs> with your clothes on and discussing it yes honestly you're not I even just... allowed to look at the pictures you just have to read the articles <laughs> that's hilarious i had a friend that I, i've been friends with since like third grade and he just recently described me as i was the i was the person who he could go we could go hang out at my house and do things where, you know, cause he came from a, uh, like a strict Christian family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Dan was the friend that I got to go do bad stuff with. He was the friend where I definitely saw my first playboy <laughs> <laughs> and the, forgot to watch the first porn because his parents were never home. <laughs> and that's all true. Like I was that kid. I was the bad influence. <laughs> The so bad you're, you're boy, a good the, friend yeah exactly exactly sharing is caring <laughs> but to answer your question it doesn't bother me i think it's good that i really think it's good that uh people are, are you know accepting themselves for who they are and and it, you know if they enjoy comic books or they enjoy you know collecting funko pops or playing magic or whatever it is they don't have to like hide about it and be insecure they can just go do it and enjoy themselves because at the end of the day we only live once and we need to enjoy life and enjoy the little things that you know that bring us pleasure yeah like psylocke cosplay hey teach their yeah, own floats your boat man yeah no one's judging. Well, that's what's great about nerd culture being pop culture now is yep. that it, it's it's a bit of a validation to the uh, us uh, when we were kids and into mm-hmm. that nerdy stuff and got a little ostracized for it, and people are finally starting to come around to it. And we'll see, uh, yeah, yeah, right exactly. This whole time. Yeah, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. Umbrella Academy is my favorite. Uh, no, it's, it's a good show. Oh, it's great. I, I haven't it. watched that yet. I need to. It's on my, it's, my list. It's worth it. it. It's so good. I just saw a preview for uh, Utopia, <clears throat> and that good. looks pretty good. Is that it's really good? It's good and not what you expect it to be. It's pretty okay. wild. And then there's The All Boys, right. which is phenomenal. It's fantastic. Yep. The Boys have been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, that's probably the biggest regret I have from when I own my comic book shop is not knowing some of the stuff that would have been big. Like, as an example, The Walking Dead came out when I owned my comic book shop. Could have got and, that first edition, first print, number one. And those were limited. Those were limited publishings. And now that comic's worth like three grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like since the TV show came out and stuff. Well, like, and that's where you're going to find value in, in in comic books. You're not going to get a get value and increasing value out of those purposely limited edition covers and all that kind of nope. stuff. You're going to get it from that independent 
that just had a small fan base when it first came out and then grew and grew and grew and got huge. And then it exploded. All about Walking yep. Dead. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And a lot of the, the early issues of Walking Dead are worth quite a bit of money now. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's like, I, I remember, you know, people that would come in and, you know, get comics and stuff. And, you know, we already knew that zombie stuff was going to be a seller. So, of course, we got it in. But, like, I remember people coming in and getting that stuff. And I'm just like, ah, not for me. And now I'm like, God damn it. I should have did it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it was so good. And I even was a fan of the TV show for quite a while. So it was like, I was like, man, I really wish I would have read this now because this is a good TV series. Yeah, it fell off after season six. Uh, is there any other stories from the comic book store that you, that kind of come to mind? Or mm, I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, because there's like all kinds of stuff that always, always happen, but nothing like that really stands out, you know, other than, yeah, no, no, like super great stories. It's just all kind of like random stuff. Like we used to play D and D at the shop, and we would be there till like four in the morning. We would be Hell in yeah. the shop later than the bars were open. <laughs> like we would have to go move our cars off the street because of the parking laws and stuff, and we because we would stay open you longer than man. the bars. Yeah, just so crazy. Strolling our dice, drinking our Mountain Dew. Getting down. Getting some code red in, baby. That's right. That's right. Gaming all night. So any other like jobs or anything you want to talk about after that? After I'm trying to think, story? like, I mean, after that, you know, that's after actually after that is when I started getting into comedy and stuff. And yeah. like the whole time that I had that uh that store, I actually worked at another place and about the end of both the end of the comic book shop is when I quit my other job and moved out to California. And then I didn't really have any more like service jobs for a while. Mm -hmm. Like I've worked at a grocery store, but I did like internal marketing. So I didn't have to like deal with a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of the, you've been you so know. You've comedy for 10 years though. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've been on the road, you've done a lot of road gigs, anything mm -hmm. that stands out from being on the road, any interactions from like the customer side that stick out. Oh yeah, I mean all the time. Like, <laughs> like in fact, the 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 story, the the show that I did that inspired my podcast, the Art of Bombing. Mm -hmm. Like, I will never forget what somebody said to me after that show because it it it's just like a thorn in my side, and it'll never come out. It is like stuck in there. But I did this show. I got hired to do. Uh, I was to do an hour as the entertainment at a, uh, it was the South Dakota State EMS Conference. So it was emergency services conference. Okay. So basically all your volunteer fire, like EMTs and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Every year they do a big conference where they do a bunch of training and they have seminars and, you know, speakers, and then they have some entertainment and things like that. So I'm, get hired to do this. And I got hired because my aunt and uncle were on the planning committee and they recommended me or whatever. And I cut them a really good deal. And so I got the job and, uh, I, at the time, like in hindsight, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have took the job. Like 
I I could do an hour, but not well. It's one of them <laughs> things where it's like I know I can't do this well, but I'm gonna take it. I gotta oh, well. gotta get to practice, right? So I'm doing an hour, but that's not what. Ha- There's a lot of things that happen in the show, so. I'm supposed to perform during the dinner. Well, then I get there and they change their mind and they decide they want me to perform after the dinner. Okay, I'm thinking, all right, not a big deal. I'll go up about eight. No big deal. What I didn't realize is that during the dinner, they were doing an award ceremony. And so this dinner ended up being three hours long. But during the ceremony, so they have these two guys that are also EMT guys or you know and they've been hosting this event together they've been emceeing this event together for like six 15 16 years right wow and this one guy is a little older than the other and he's doing a bunch of uh lena and Oli jokes and of course he's crushing with these scandinavian yeah. jokes you absolutely know. Just kill it. Left and right. Tried and true material, man. Probably the same jokes he's been telling for the last 14 years. Exactly. Exactly. He probably rotates them every other year. He probably has a batch he does one year and then takes the year off. Uh, Smart. Yeah, right? Uh, But so he's doing this and he's just crushing, all right? Well, then we're getting to the end of the ceremony where they're going to wrap up. Well, the end of the ceremony, they decide that they're, they're giving away the EMS or EMT of the Year Award. Now, that sounds like a great, happy award. Yeah. And normally it probably is. But this year, the recipient is a saint that a few weeks prior died from after a long battle of cancer. So they first show... Uh, they show a video of the people that nominated mm-hmm. reading him his nomination letter while he was still alive. So this takes place months prior. <laughs> and of course there's, you know, people are crying and there's waterworks and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a standing ovation during this video. So get through the video. And this guy, like I said, he's a saint. All right. He's, he's a deacon of a church. He's a boy scout uh, master. He's the, teacher he's a coach he is like one of the most beloved people in his community that's the kind of guy this guy is so then the fact that he 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 died from cancer is just awful well now they have his widow is there and she's sitting up front and so they present the award and she accepts the award on his behalf says you know a few nice words there's more waterworks you know another standing ovation People are just sobbing and sad and happy and all these emotions. They get that done. And then they close out with doing, they close their last right supper table. They do a place setting for, for the fallen, you know, fallen servicemen, whether it be fire, EMT, police, <laughs> that kind of thing. So that's still another sad thing because they come in, they take the stuff and then it goes out. So you have these two sad things back to back and then, they don't even like the one guy didn't even really introduce me. He, he was just like, okay, whenever you're ready to go up, you can. And I'm like, well, can you at least introduce me? Aren't you guys the MCs? And he was like, Oh, I guess I can go. What do you want me to say? I was like, I guess just my name. And so he's like, all right, guys, it's time for comedy. Here's Dan. And so I go up there and now I follow, I'm following <sighs> two standing ovations. And as I'm getting basically introduced, some people are leaving. 
and I get it. They've been there for like three hours. They're done. They're spent. They ate a buffet. I totally understand. Other people are getting up and going and talking to the widow and giving her their condolences and congratulations and everything. And, and she's sitting in the first table in front of the stage. Now, in a comedy club scenario, if a table was talking and you had hecklers, you, you deal with it. You make fun of them. In this situation, you cannot make fun of them in no way. That's without- an untouchable table. It is an untouchable table. Like, you say one thing, you're automatically the asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole night. And one of the things that I did that was pretty am- amateur is I basically, I was like, I don't know how I follow two standing ovations and the saint, but I guess it's time for jokes, you know, because I was very aware of the situation I was getting yeah. into. So I do the hour. I get through the hour. It has ups and downs. And I listened to it like a year ago or so and it wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it was like in my head at the time like i almost quit comedy i had to call a friend after the show and have them talk (laughs) me down like that's how dramatizing this was and anyway so i get done i'm sitting at the table i'm waiting for my check because that's the other thing when you do shitty at an event like this you still have to go collect money you know, like that's a walk of shame when you do terrible and then you have to be like, yeah, I know I, I was bad, but you're going to have to pay me. Uh, so let's get that check. But I'm waiting for the lady to get me the check. I'm sitting at a table with my, my aunt, uncle, you know, kind of talking. It's real awkward, tense. Some people are coming up and like, oh, this is, this is a fun time. Thanks for coming out. Very appreciative of me being there. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But then the old guy that was emceeing and doing the Lena and old, uh, Oli jokes sits down next to me and he goes, you know, keep going. And one day you'll get there. <laughs> and I was just like, you motherfucker in my head. That's what I'm thinking. You're ridiculing and giving critiquing me on jokes. I 100% wrote myself while you're doing Lena and Oli jokes that you got on the <laughs> internet. Well, probably didn't even get on the internet, probably knew from a hundred years ago. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is the worst. You pretty much had to follow a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You mean, they mm-hmm. just should have, they could have just, it, it was the equivalent of just like the arms of the angel play uh, angels playing like, you know, for like a straight yeah. three hours. I and wouldn't be surprised like, if that was the music they were playing during the last rites. I mean, <laughs> if they could make it any sadder, I'm sure they would have. <laughs> right. Any more emotional. But yeah, I'll never forget that. Though. Like he, th- those words, that phrase, like him looking at me and, and just saying, you know, keep going, kid. You'll get there. <laughs> and I'm just like, we'll be forever just imprinted in my brain. I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> right? You wanted a story. That's, no, that's that's like one of the most epic stories involving up. customer service <laughs> or just, just customer interactions. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man, those corporate gigs can get like that. Oh, I've, oh, I've done. Yeah. I've only done a couple myself. But yeah, that mine wasn't like that. It was Christmas. It's mostly Christmas parties. But Jesus, 
I always yeah. get the well, ambiguous even, ones where they're like, yeah, yeah, we're like a blue collar job, you know, you know, we're, you know, don't go too blue. Just uh, you can you can swear a little, but don't go crazy. And like I'm in this you're putting me in this weird nebulous space of whether I can go dirty or not. Yep, you have no idea. It, you have no idea if you're supposed to, keep, you know, keep it clean, but you could push it a little bit. Like, I don't know what you want me to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, and then, you know, what I found, especially with uh, corporate gigs, like especially holiday parties, holiday parties are yeah. the big one where yeah. They'll tell you to be clean and be PG-13 and you're being clean and PG-13 and people are just kind of like, oh, this is boring. And then <laughs> yeah. you accidentally get a little dirty and then they, they walk, get fired up and they're like, this is what we want. And so you're yep. like, well, shit, the person that hired me does not want this. Right. And I have to do what they say because at the end, they're the boss and they're the ones giving me my money. <laughs> so you really do get put in that bind. I had a Christmas one this last Christmas where it was kind of like that. We just kind of ripped the Band-Aid off eventually and just kind of went full dirty with it. And the everyone loved it. And we lucked out and got paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My last one of those, the person who hired us too, is like, PG-13 show, guys. PG-13. You know, just a little, little risque, but not that. The the owner of the company comes up to us like right as we're about to all like perform like like right as we're getting ready for the show and he goes, just do as dirty as you want. <laughs> oh, that's the funny. owner. The owner of the company is like, listen, um, they're not. They don't want. They these people are drunk. They don't want like light material. Tell tell all your dirty jokes. Just your the person that hired you is saying that's strictly for HR reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well. I and I had something like that where so I did a couple of years ago I did a Christmas party for a big company in my hometown and it was kind of like a last minute thing that they decided to hire a comedian or whatever but I do the gig and I was getting heckled the whole time and so when you're getting heckled <laughs> at a show like that you you can't deal with it in the same situation you would at a regular like bar show or a comedy club or whatever you have to be very graceful and he he just kept trying to step on my punchlines and we're going back and forth and i'm trying to be as polite as i can because it's a corporate deal i get done and the president of the company comes up and he's like oh that was good you know blah 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 you know talking a little bit and then he's like man if i was you I would have let that fucker have it. And I was just thinking, man, I wish somebody would have yelled that out while I was on stage. Cause that yeah. really made my job way harder. Yeah, that's, if I would have known that before I would have let him have it. Cause you're, that's what's funny about doing corporates for companies and the whole company's there is like, you're stepping into their office dynamic. Yeah. So yep. the, you don't, you are now the funny guy in the office when there's a guy who's been working there for 10 years who's not who's always been known as the funny guy at the office is like you're kind of yeah you're, you're intruding in his territory yeah absolutely and this guy was freaking wasted like he was yeah. wasted before he showed up and you could tell like every time he he'd interrupt like at first people thought it was kind of funny and then by the end of the show, they were just annoyed. Like they couldn't, like yeah. every time I try to talk, he would try to interrupt. And it got to the point where people just were like, yeah, well, I'm done watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, 
on this podcast, we don't just exist to talk about the stories of our guests. We also we also uh, uh, try to fight uh, a, a scourge as a blight on our our our, our existence in the, in this country and, and worldwide as well. Uh, we 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 are here to fight the the scourge known as Karens. Um, oh yes, but we always like to ask our guests first. Um, Dan, uh, do, are are you aware of what a Karen is, and and how would you define one? Oh, I, I absolutely know what a Karen is, and I would and I would define them as an entitled ass because that's what most of them are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We don't need long explanations. Sometimes short and sweet <laughs> fits it perfect. That's why that's- I, I'm the right person for the job. Short and sweet. Hey. Hey. Uh, and this is a segment that we call uh, Karen of the Week. This is Karen. I'm your boss. Oh, my God, Karen. Oh, my God, Karen. Oh, my God, Karen. Karen of the Week is a segment each week where we find different Yelp reviews, uh, tweets, Facebook comments, things where where Karens go off, and we 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 uh, we have to listen and dissect them uh, each and every week. The Karen of the Week is read um, by our friend and someone whom I I care about a lot, but I, I feel like subjecting her to this is kind of an act of cruelty. Uh, Rebecca Wilson is, is our Karen of the week each and every week. And uh, uh, this is our Karen of the week from Rebecca. Adopting animals is stupid. Stop telling me to adopt, not shop. I bought a dog because I didn't want someone's broken hand-me-downs and I wanted a puggle. All the animals in shelters are there for a reason. It's like jail. They are broken throwaways. Shop, don't adopt. <laughs> oh my god! Um. <laughs> wow! She wanted a puggle, you guys. What's the cross on a puggle? Is it a? Uh, that's uh, half. I think it's a pug and a bugle or beagle. 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 No, it's a pug uh, and a bugle. It's a so it's, it's a pug a, yeah. and a uh, corn <laughs> snack that you can put on your fingertips. Wow. And, and I was thinking the horn. Wish. Yeah, not a horn too. <laughs> yeah, I went for salty, savory snacks. Either way, I think we're right. <laughs> Depends on the oh. standard. So, what kind of crimes do these dogs do to go to jail? <laughs> um, they were do. Uh, they were. Uh, this uh, one they, didn't they, pay his taxes. They exposed <laughs> their belly buttons to shop owners. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, this one got arrested for being just too gosh darn adorable. <laughs> I, like I love that like she this Karen refers to like adoptable animals as like <laughs> I'm sorry, this broken discardable nothings. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like they, they just want somebody's them. broken hand-me-downs. Yeah, like that that whole it's still just so funny to me, like that that idea of like they they, they deserve to be here. Like, definitely, uh, it's definitely somebody you don't want to be a foster parent. This is no. true. I <laughs> I love that their metric of like a good dog is a puggle of all things. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> That's an abomination. It's a, it's the crossbreed no one was really asking for. <laughs> what has a, what is as annoying as a beagle but has breathing problems? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the. <laughs> But it's part beagle, so you know, the kids will like it. No, I, I mean, and that's, uh, I, you know, full disclosure. I am a, I am a pet parent. Uh, likewise, I, because uh, I, I, I value pets over children. Um, now, talk about someone's discarded. Like the reasons they're in foster care. Like those kids deserve to be there, right, Karen? Um, no, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I, I've adopted all of my animals, all, all uh, of the the pets that I have. I, every single pet I've ever owned, in fact, are all all adopted, and they've been all right. They're cool. Oh, I'll just wait to get one of them purebreds, Matt. Join us on the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, got, yes. I've got, you know, they're better. Oh. They're you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and it's not always <laughs> it's not always good. I I did not pay for mine. However, I do have a special breed of dog and it was a situation where the person that had him they didn't it wasn't they didn't breed him specifically. It just happened. And so they had to get rid of him. They didn't sell him. They just gave him away. So oops litter. I yeah, it was an oops litter. But it it's still it's you know, the breed, it's a chorky, so it's still a popular breed of dog. Uh, and an expensive breed of dog. Like if you buy them, they're like five, six hundred dollars for these this breed. Uh, but we got them for free, so I still count that as adopting because you know, yeah, who knows where they would have went? Exactly. So my my older dog is an abomination against uh, against Christ. Uh, <laughs> he is a American Bulldog Beagle mix. <laughs> and his name. So he's a Puggle. No, yeah, yeah basically. Just, yeah, basically. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Matt. I, I guess yep. I should. A real big puggle. <laughs> but I didn't pay for him, damn it. <laughs> like you're supposed to, like God intended. And then uh, my my other dog is a schnoodle. She's a schnauzer poodle. Oh. And uh, everyone's like, oh, so you got this designer dog? Because technically she is a designer dog by like the thing. And then you realize... Uh, through getting to know her, there's a reason that her owners let her go. Um, <laughs> yeah, she belongs in jail. Uh, so, is that yeah. what I should be calling my dogs? They're designer dogs. Is that what that is? I didn't even yeah. know there was a the, name the whole, for that. Like the whole like crossbreeding to like get like specific things is like they're considered. Di- it's like uh, like the big the earlier ones were like cockapoos, the cocker spaniel poodles, and then. Yeah. Uh, What's the other one? Labradoodle. Uh, Labradoodle. The golden doodles are are all all the doodles. Anything that has an oodle in it is definitely considered a designer dog. Same thing with the uh, the 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 aforementioned uh, puggles and some of those. They're they're designed because they have they're supposed to have the best qualities of both breeds. Whatever. Mine was a a stray, and it's because she likes to run out the door. (laughs) But. broke her legs it's fine Um, see i always grew up with a different style of relationship with dogs so that's why adopting doesn't make sense to me personally because uh i hunt birds and that's that's different i know that's why would you get a dog if it doesn't do things for you 
that's because you get a companion and they find you food. That's a good. I mean, you know, it's not finding you food is a puggle. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not so I get, we get a hunting dog, learn how to shoot some birds and problem solved. Seems like a better scenario to me. <laughs> that's why I've, that's why I've always shopped. And I'm like, I, uh, like I support everyone in their adoption process and wanting com- uh, companionship for, uh, with pets and stuff. But like, I've always had to buy a dog because you can't. It's it's impo- almost impossible to adopt a hunting dog. Yeah, a good hunting dog. A good yeah. hunting dog. Yeah, because huh. you, you have to train them for some, puppies. You could find some yep. fake hunting dogs. Ones that yeah, that's what. That's program. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what you're finding <laughs> in the adoption place. <laughs> and much like. Karen trying to uh, uh, trying to find a purebred uh, puggle. We sometimes have to ask ourselves, "Gee, why did it fail?" Why did it fail? This week's "Gee, why did it fail?" Uh, Normally, uh, this is a segment where we take a look at retail, or we look at different menu items or promotions, and we ask ourselves, "Why do you think that didn't work out well for them?" But this, 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 we actually had a. customer or not customer a listener story that was sent in that actually kind of fits under that category so double whammy not only nice. is it gy did it fail it's a gy did it fail from a customer or from a listener rather Woo. um so awesome um they've asked to remain anonymous because i don't think anyone wants to admit to listening to this podcast but there we go <laughs> um this one refers to allergies now, we all, uh, if you've worked in any sort of food service, we all know people will make up allergies, right? Oh, yeah. Just the weird. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite is always uh, people who have onion allergies. Oh, yeah. But then can eat ketchup, which has onion powder in it. Or I've seen someone tell me they have onion allergies and then eating onion rings. What? So this is along the same lines. So uh, uh, this is going from our listener who goes, a woman asked for, oh, they, by the way, they worked in a more of a higher end restaurant as a, as a background. A woman came into my restaurant and asked for the mushroom steak stroganoff without mushrooms because of an allergy. The uh, manager had to sign off on allergies just in case we missed something. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, the stroganoff sauce is a mushroom sauce. Uh, ma'am. The sauce is made out of mushrooms, so you should probably order something else. To which the uh, woman replied, well, it's not that bad of an allergy. I just can't have whole pre- uh, whole pieces. <laughs> so she refers to, so it's just a preference, and the customer goes, no, it's an allergy. <laughs> right. So they had to like go through make the, the 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 stroganoff sauce which they have a pre-made product and then take the mushrooms out of the product that's great you know what i would have did at that you just point gave them some noodles and steak chunks on a plate and call it good yep that's what i was gonna say noodles steak and like brown gravy yeah not even that just just just, just give them noodles man like uh, reduce a can of coke down to uh, down to syrup and pour it over it or something <laughs> Actually, that's going to be at uh, Hardee's next week. That's their new. There we uh, go. That's their new promotion. 
sponsored by Coca-Cola. I think they can sell it. Oh God. I love, I love that fail though, because how many times have we, I I've heard so many people that they just, just be an adult. If you don't, you don't like, like something, something, just say you don't like it. Do you really yeah. think the server or bartender really gives two fucks? Right. Well, you know, in that situation, like if, if you're allergic to mushrooms, like how do you know you like stroganoff then? Because if I was allergic, if I knew I had an allergic reaction to mushrooms, does that mean does that mean that was the first thing they ever ate with mushrooms? And that's how they found out, like they ate a batch of stroganoff and found out they're allergic to mushrooms or did they know that they're allergic to mushrooms? And, and in that situation, if I knew that I was allergic to mushrooms, I would probably never order a dish that's based about making the sauce from mushrooms. Or they're like, you know what? You know what? I had I had uh, beef stroganoff, and I tell you, before I got violently ill, it was the most delicious meal I've ever had. <laughs> that, see, that's how it had to happen. That's when they discovered the allergy. <laughs> I used exactly. to tell people I was allergic to peanut butter. Like my friend's parents, I would tell them I was allergic to peanut butter so they wouldn't serve me like peanut butter because I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. And so they'd be like, oh, no peanut butter. I'm like, well, you can have it in the room. I just can't eat it. <laughs> so they're like, oh, wait, so it's not a peanut allergy? You're not gonna die. You just you're just allergic to peanut butter. Well, yeah, it's you yeah. know it's the butter part. You came in eating a bag of honey roasted peanuts, Jalen. How are you allergic? It's like I'm not allergic to the peanut. It I'm burns, allergic not to in the butter, butter form. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, man. I've had that though where I got sick one day and whatever it was that I barfed up, like I was, I was revolted by it for months. Oh, that happened to me with milk. I accidentally drank spoiled milk. And to this day, this was like when I was like a teenager. And to this day, I drink very little milk. And when I do, I'm very weird about like I smell inside and I'm like put a little like little taste and like I'm very frightened of drinking rotten milk again or spoiled milk again. I guess for me, that would be Cadbury eggs. Oof. Whoa! I, was, I, the, one... I, I feel sick after eating one of those on those anyway. They're just yeah. so damn rich, <laughs> right? True. So much sugar. But I was like, <laughs> I was like five years old, and my Easter basket had a bunch in, and they didn't, they weren't watching me as I was just housing <laughs> like an omelet's worth of Cadbury eggs, and uh, yeah, oh, uh, just the richest vomit ever you, you could ever. Yeah, that's a. Sorry. Is uh, Alfredo sauce or any kind of creamy white sauce you put on pasta? Like I got super sick after eating some takeout, like Green Mill Alfredo pasta dish or something like that, and spent the rest of the night just ralphing it all up. And for months, just <laughs> even the thought of a creamy pasta sauce, couldn't do it. Oh. <laughs> Plus, I mean, we could, we could we could probably go on for another hour about liquor that does that to us. But... <laughs> if you aren't physic physically revolted by UV blue, <laughs> yeah, you you you've never been a uh, a nineteen year old kid. Yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> I was gonna say high school drinking for sure. Yeah. UV blue. <laughs> Same thing. I can't do any of the thick liquors, but that's just me. That's like Jägermeister, Goldschlager. There's oh man. Very few liquors that bother me. House liquor, uh, Jaeger to this day. I don't know what it is about it. If it's ice cold, man, I can just pound it straight from the bottle. <laughs> All right, Dan. So we, we yeah. do have one more segment left on the podcast before we 86 this episode. It's been a fun one so far. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, but before thank you. we do that, uh, we have one last segment and it is called Human Yelp Reviews. It is where you, our guest, Dan, you get to review the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. You can do it uh, out of five stars or more if you feel so inclined. Um, we're not here to put strict rules on you. No. We're not here to do strict rules. That it's it's whispering. That's how important it is. Um, you can either review the podcast as a whole. You can do us individually. You can do it however you want. So whenever you're ready, uh, feel free to give us your review. Well, okay. So it's a team sport. So yeah. you're a team. So you got to be reviewed as a team. Fair enough. That's 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 got to be it. Let's see. And it's five out of five stars. I'd definitely give you four. Four out of five. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, the one star you don't get is uh, we've been talking about having me on this podcast for a while. <laughs> and as a narcissistic asshole, I've been waiting a long hey, time. Hey, you're talking to two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nate and Jalen. I'm the humble one. <laughs> <laughs> to make this happen, it has been a long time. And then it finally happened, and then you were late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late to everything. That's just yeah, what yeah. you're going to have to expect from me. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, no, this has been great. I feel bad, though, because I just thought of a really good story. Food service, customer service related. You weren't in at the end. Who cares? Make sure they're listening. I was kind of the asshole on this one. Go ahead. <laughs> kind of and kind of not. So in my hometown, and I guess – being from the area uh you're in mankato right yeah okay so you're you're familiar with happy chef then. oh yeah okay so happy chef used to be a pretty booming chain regional sure chain. was uh they were everywhere and in my hometown we had a happy chef and it was the it was the 24-hour diner then so going out drinking and partying whatever you always end up at happy chef for for breakfast and coffee and whatever and one night after we were out drinking we were in there and at this time it was it was kind of during the decline of this particular happy chef like they went through a bunch of management that was terrible and you know they had a hard time keeping help and that sort of thing and they were just slammed and they didn't have very much help they had like one server and a couple cooks or whatever, and then another manager who I imagine was supposed to be helping with the serving, right? And she was just like hiding in the office, the manager was. So this poor waitress is like trying to serve this whole entire restaurant by herself. You know, she's doing her absolute best. And finally the manager comes out because people are complaining and instead of like helping this poor waitress, she chews the waitress out in front of everybody and basically fires her, tells her to go home. 
And so she bursts into tears and freaking out, and then she leaves. So then the, the manager's struggling to keep up with everybody, you know, get everybody's food out or whatever. Well, we finally get our food. We eat. We do our thing. And then we're leaving. And as we're leaving and I'm paying for my food, I just laid into the manager. And I was a little tipsy, but I was also super pissed at how she treated that, that waitress. I was like, you know what? You got a lot of gall to chew out a waitress in front of all these people and be a bitch like that when you've been hiding in the back office all night. She's the only waitress here slaving away and you know working her ass off to serve all these people because you guys can't staff proper because you know it's going to be busy but you're too cheap because you want your fucking bonuses and i just like went off on her until she was in tears and then i was like (laughs) have a good night and then i left um so yeah i was kind of an asshole but then a few days later i went back in there and that waitress that got fired that night had her job back so I feel like I was the reason she got a job. The catalyst. Not all heroes, not all heroes wear capes, Dan. Exactly. So. Some of us Here's just had really loud this mouths. Whole time, <laughs> through this whole story, did that waitress that left that night, did she get her tip money from all those people? Oh yeah. Ooh. That's actually a better question. Yeah, probably <laughs> because I feel like that was when you, you could like, you know, they didn't like put all the tips together or whatever. You collected your tips as yeah, but oh, if she left before no, people were done le- eating. Yes, that's a good question. And managers aren't aren't allowed to keep tips anyway. Most of those places have like strict like managers. Yeah, most places did. No, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah happy I chef. don't know. You have <laughs> thrown down. We want to know. Happy talk chef. about a downfall of a of a restaurant though, like. Uh. I mean, I mean, because like still a few in the, around though, aren't there? No, there's only the one in in Mankato. That's the only one left, oh. and that's the yeah, original. That was pretty much shut down because of COVID stuff. I think yeah. they're closed completely right now. Are they? Yeah, I think so. But that was like you basically. That was like Perkins. You know, like they were yep. everywhere in this area. Like you right. could go to almost any town, and they would have a Happy Chef. And now, none. Maybe they'll they'll end up on G. Why did it fail, huh? Be one to look into for sure. For sure, Dan. How do people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on all the social media at D Booblets Comedy, and it's not spelt B O O B. It is B U B L I T Z Comedy. Uh, so uh, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and then the Dan Bublitz comedy page on Facebook, and the Art of Bombing podcast. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you can get the Art of Bombing as well. Very good. Um, Keep your eye out for that Dry Bar comedy special too. Yep. yep. Taping other- October sixteenth. Who knows when it'll come out? Cool. Any other things you want to direct people towards? Uh, you can go check out my website, uh, danbooblets.com. You can go to my YouTube page. I got some stand-up clips on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, just the art of bombing. Check it out. Nice. Check out Jalen Russell's episode. Yeah, check that one out. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, how do people follow you? Uh, you can find me at Nathan Smizrud on Facebook and Twitter and nsmizrud on Instagram. You got anything to promote? Uh, the Red Wing 
show at the Barrel House. It'll be every, I think, second and fourth Wednesday of the month. We're firing that up again on the 7th. Uh, coming up here this coming Wednesday, and hopefully it'll be a recurring uh, bi-weekly show. So it's if you a, listen to this on Tuesday, get to Red Wing on Wednesday. Yeah, Barrel House, 730. Nice. Uh, Got a lineup? Uh, yeah, it's in my phone. I can't remember. <laughs> I booked a handful of people. I can't remember who's on which show. Fair enough. Um, past guest John Stannard is on it, I think, coming up. Um, Dan Hinkamp is on it. I can't remember who else. Daryl Horner. It's uh, yeah, d- he's coming with Standard. Um, nice. But yeah, but the what the the idea for that room is, I wanted to be the kind of the workout room. It's free show. Uh, all the comics get paid a little bit of gas money, um, and the comics get to work out, you know, like 10, 15 minute sets instead of just, you know, open mic three to five minute sets. Oh, that's nice. So, need more sets, more shows like that. Phenomenal. That, and that's hot the idea. Dogs. I wanted, I wanted to be, oh, yeah, the hot dogs are great. So, I wanted to be like a workout room for comics. So, anytime anybody wants a spot, they can hop on. I treat it like a sign up, get up, but there's just limited spots each for each show mm-hmm. um but yeah i i think it's the most beneficial way to run a room is if you can give people longer sets to work on and that way they get bigger opportunities they can polish up more at once it's a fun room. when does this start again uh the seventh and nice. every every other wednesday from then on nice jalen how do people follow you uh, telling Tall Tale on Twitter, Telling Tall Tales on Instagram. Uh, I've got a show coming up. At, it's Ooh. the Sisyphus Ooh. Funniest Person in Minneapolis uh, uh, this Thursday, uh, October 8th. Um, so come check out. Uh, I don't remember who else is on the, on the, uh, the lineup that night, but it's going to be good. It's like five nice. bucks, I think. Okay. They're charging for it now. Well, uh, yeah, I just said five dollar cover, but I don't know if they did. Okay, because they didn't. I don't. Yeah, know if they it did. is. In yeah, the past they okay. hadn't, but that's why I was just curious. Tickets are five bucks. I think. Okay. Cool. Buy man. a ticket. A buy a beer. Support. Support a great room. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you can follow me uh, on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. It's just Matt Doima, just like it's spelled in the show notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Chubby Waiter because I believe in truth and advertising. That's right. Um, as for me, uh, I have the uh, Keller Open Mic, which I run at the basement of the uh, Red Carpet Nightclub every Wednesday night, starting at the early hour of 10 p.m., uh, so if you're if you're a night owl and uh, you want to drive to scenic St. Cloud, come and see me. I'll buy you a Sprite. Um, beyond that, uh, I do actually have a weekend. I'm going to be hosting at the uh, uh, the newly reopened uh, camp bar in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm going to be there the 20th and 21st of November, and I'm. 99% sure that is the case. Yep, 20th to 21st. Yeah, I'm going to be there that weekend. Two shows, uh, shows starting at uh, 8 o'clock. 
Uh, so come see your boy do a host feature set. Do you know who you're uh, no who idea you're working yet. with? Oh, nope. Okay. Nope, I would have announced that otherwise. Uh, <laughs> follow the podcast. You can follow the Awful Service Podcast. We are on all social media platforms at Awful Service Pod. Uh, if you want to be like uh, our listener who got their story out today, send us your stories. We are still, we always love hearing the listener stories. Those are some of our favorite uh, things that we've ever done on the podcast. Uh, Dan, it's been wonderful. Sorry it took so long to get you on in a pandemic. <laughs> Um, you know, we just had to have Sean Jordan on first so that he had, you know, South Dakota rights. That was, that was part of the deal. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, always, uh, tip your bartender, be nice to comic book owners. Uh, Hardee's has great biscuits and have a good night.